welcome folks to tonight's session. Uh, tonight I'm going to be dealing with a topic entitled, Your Rank Provides Your Protection. Your Rank Provides Your Protection. And I think that this is going to help us a lot because this is one of the areas that the body of Christ have really um, abused in one sense, but also not understood on the other sense. So I want us just to go and look at a few scriptures straight away. In 1 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 33, we read the following. Of Zebulun were 50,000 who went out to battle, expert in war with all weapons of war, uh, sorry, stout-hearted men who could keep ranks. Now I want you to see that these are the guys who really knew how to fight. They were they had the art of war. These guys knew exactly what they were doing, but their secret was they knew how to keep rank. Now I want to tell you something right now, that there is a very, very critical thing that is going pear shape in the body of Christ right now. And that is a simple thing, that people do not know how to keep rank. And the result of us not keeping our rank is that we get taken out prematurely. God has got a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And if we do not keep our rank and stay where God has placed us, with the authority level that God has placed you. You must understand, when you've got a rank, there is a certain authority that you're allowed to operate in. Does everybody understand that? So what has happened is this, is, is the body of Christ has been taught the following. We have all power and all authority to do whatever we want. Come on, we've all been taught that. Okay? But the problem is this, is even though you have that spiritually, you are not operating in that naturally yet. And you need to grow into it so that you can operate in that thing properly and maturely. Let me give an example. If I had to sit down and tell a child, listen, you have got all authority and whatever you say is going to happen immediately. Can you imagine what that child would do when somebody makes him mad? I hope you die or get struck with lightning. Do you understand? There are certain things that you cannot give that type of authority to a child who does not have the maturity or have the upbringing to be able to carry it. And so the same thing happens in the body of Christ. And this is something that I'm seeing more and more. And we are talking about it today. And we are seeing it as a major concern because a lot of ministries and a lot of giftings are being taken out prematurely. Because what happens is people assume they are on a certain authority or a certain level or a certain rank and they go out and they are not ready and they expose themselves to, an, to a level of authority or an attack that they are not ready for. And then they get taken out and then they wonder why. I have seen it through the years. My peers, people growing up with me, through the years they've got such strong giftings and they go and they end up with this idea, listen, I'm equal rank to the senior guys and they run off and they're not ready and the next second you don't see them past 30 years old. I can't tell you how many guys went through Bible school with me, all my friends and guys around that just fell off the bus because of this one thing. So what I want to do tonight is I want to help us. 
I want to help us understand how to get to a general level, if you want to talk ranks, how do I get to a general level and carry the authority that I'm meant to carry, see the provision I'm meant to see, when I speak I see the results. Remember like when that guy came to Jesus, that one officer came to Jesus, what did he say? Jesus says, I'm going to come and pray for your child. He goes, whoa, whoa, I don't need you to pray. He says this, he says, I am a person of authority when I speak, guys jump, but I'm also a person under authority. In other words, he knew his rank. He knew what he was capable of and not capable of. And what he did was he said, Jesus, I know that you have a higher rank. That's actually what he was saying. And when you speak, it will happen. So just speak the words and I know that my child will be healed. Let me tell you something. That is somebody who understood where they were at and understood who they were talking to. And what did Jesus go? He turned around and says, Listen, I haven't found any more faith in anywhere in Israel. Check out this guy. He just says, Speak it and it happens. He says, Okay, your faith, so be it. And the child was healed. So I want you to see something that we have got to get to the place where we get to the, the ranking we meant to. And if God has sometimes called you to be a general, then you need to get there, but strong. I'm looking for men and women that are still going to be standing in their 50s, 60s, 70s, however old you end up being before God takes you home. You, 120, 119, and, and uh, sorry? You're going to go 600. Good luck to you. All right. God promises you 120 years. But listen, I want to get this. There is a, there is a very, very good uh, statement that says this. Um, how does it go now? Grow old. Live long, finish strong. How's that? Live long, finish strong. I love that. I think it's Gloria Copeland who uses it. Live long, finish strong. In other words, when you go off this planet, you're not going off this planet sick. You're going off this solidly in your right mind, everything fine, and you say, okay, God, time to go home, close your eyes, and go You know? So when you get to 120, you must go in there in full power and might, and some are going, oh, please, God, let him go home now. So, the thing is this, we want to get there. God has given you a specific rank to hold and to carry an authority. God has given some five, some three, some two, some one. doesn't matter what your level is of talents. You see, God is going to honor you for what He has given you. He has given you a certain rank to achieve in your life. A certain responsibility to achieve in your life. But in order to get that, a lot of Christians think that they're going to just do it by themselves. A lot of Christians sit down and go, well, if I could just get into the Bible, I'm going to get this thing waxed. And we call it, we're going to wing it. Okay? Winging it ends up in a disaster very quickly. So I want you to know that's not God's structure. It never has been God's heart, never has been God's structure, and it's never been God's way of getting somebody there. God's way has always been that there is somebody who is going to help you get there as long as you are under authority. If you are a person of authority, you have got to be under authority somewhere. So listen to me very carefully. In Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 is the key to this. It says this, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive. For they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that will be unprofitable for you. Not for them. So now what does that mean? 
It means the following, and this is something that I've also noticed, is that when businessmen come into a church, and they're very successful at business, they know the world system, they're making lots of money, they're very successful, and they're coming to a church, and they think that they now can run the church because they've run a business. So they go, well, this is just another structure. We'll just quickly run this and sort it out and whatnot. Let me tell you something. That is the very worst thing that you can do. Why? Because the church is not run like a business. It is run by the leading of the Holy Spirit. It can look like it's absolute chaos, but yet God is still leading the church. So it's a totally different way of running things. So when you come into the church, you might be a general in your soulish realm or in your natural ability in what you are doing. But when you come into the church, into the spiritual, you automatically start at babe level. You don't know anything. You need to know the biblical principles. You need to grow up in the spiritual things of God. You see, until you have grown up spiritually, that is a level that is going to carry you naturally. A lot of businessmen go and make a lot of money, but then they also lose a lot of money because they don't apply the biblical principles properly. So what I'm saying is this. Every person needs to come under submission of the local church. Wherever your local church is, you need to come under submission and say, I am going to say submitted to this thing because I'm going to grow up. That's God's plan. Now, if you don't have a local church, okay, and I know some people that are really, they're in the Hamadullahs, there is no local church. You know, some farmers sitting out there and looking at a tree and going, well, this is my church. I understand that, but then get connected to a spiritual person who's giving you that input. A spiritual person that is giving you insight. Excuse me, a spiritual person that is going to be able to help you and assist you in every decision. But then you are submitting to that spiritual person as if they were your pastor right in your town by your house. Okay? Now, why am I saying this? Because I believe that if we can get this thing sorted out, if we can get our ranking sorted out, knowing our authority, I want you to know that God is going to promote us. God is going to raise us up strong and mighty. And I have seen through the years where men and women have had this heart attitude and saying, I don't always agree with the leadership. I don't always agree with what's going on. But let me tell you something. I submit to it because God said that I need to. And when I do that, God promotes you. I want to tell you right now that I have got and Janina has got to where we are because we had no problem submitting to our leadership. We had no problem through the years and we're not talking about a day or two. We are talking about years and years and years. If my leadership came to me and said to me, Arthur, I don't want this thing done, I would change it immediately. Whether I agreed with it or not. Now, even if when I was running departments, and they were massive departments, if my leadership wanted it changed immediately, it got changed immediately. Why? Because it's not my responsibility at the end of the day. It's theirs. I have to be submissive to them and make their life easy because they are actually hearing God. Now, I could sit down and go, I also hear God. Let me tell you something, when it comes to your future, when it comes to what God has for you, God gives a supernatural anointing or ability to your leadership. He gives them something that you don't have. He will give them direction, He will give them insight that you are not going to have. That is why God has instituted the local church. Why did God just go, oh well listen, I'll just talk to everybody. 
Why even have the local church? Because God is looking for men and women who understand their rank. God wants to raise up men and women that are strong, that are mighty, that can actually do mighty exploits, but come with that like that, that officer's heart and saying, I am a person of authority, but I'm under authority. I'm going to show you biblically how this works. So, I want you to know that if you want to grow quickly in the kingdom of God, be submitted somewhere. Be submitted with your entire heart and say, I am in this thing, lock, stock and barrel. I'm going to submit to this thing. I'm going to grow with this thing. And I'm going to allow God to speak to my leadership and get me to where I need to be. And when you have that approach, God is going to raise you up. And you will fulfill everything that God has said over your life. Now, in Psalm 75 verse 6 and 7 it says the following. For promotion comes neither from the east, nor the west, nor the south. But God is the judge, and He will put down one and exalt another. Everybody thinks that promotion in the spirit comes out of natural ability, or natural gifting or something. It doesn't. It comes directly from God. Now let me tell you practically how this works. You see, what happens is this, is if you are genuinely submitted to God, God will speak to somebody in the leadership about your next level of authority. It will be like everything will be going normal and everything will be fine, and then all of a sudden God will speak to somebody in leadership and say, listen, this is the next step for that person. Out of the blue. Let me give an example in my own life. I had studied my degree... I went to the army, I came back to my local church, still wanting to submit, still wanting to carry on being a youth leader that I was involved in. I wasn't the youth pastor, I was one of the youth leaders. And I wanted to continue with the youth because it was fire happening and things were going on, very exciting. And I said, listen, this is what I want to do. And we are coming to a place where I was coming into the ministry and they didn't know where to go with me, what to do. And God spoke to one of the leadership Auntie Kathy, and she came to the pastor and said, listen, God has spoken to me about Arthur. Arthur should be the dean of the college. Arthur must start a Bible school at 23. Let me tell you something. Subsequently, I can tell you literally scores of prophecies. Uh, it must be 20 odd, 30 odd prophecies by now. And the first thing the prophet will always call me out and he says, Thou saith the Lord, you must be the dean of the college. Eventually I got so tired, I said, if this prophet ever says, any, any visitor comes and he says, if you ever say I'm going to be a dean of the college, I'm going to throw something at you. You understand? I don't need this confirmation 20, 30 times. I am listening. I'm already the dean. What on earth are you keep on with this? Because God was doing it for the other people. They know that I don't know the prophet. And the minute he says that, it, it confirms that I'm in the right place, da, 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 all of that stuff, okay? But now listen to me. It was a normal day for me. I'm wanting to go to youth. God says, "Uh uh-uh, it's promotion time. I'm making you a dean of a college at 23. Did I work that out? No. Did I plan that? No. Did God do that? Yes. But it was because we had stayed submitted no matter how tough it was. We had stayed as far as we could to doing what God wanted us to do. Did we have issues as young people? Yes. You know, 
Or is there issues of pride and vinchat and all the normal stuff that young people, the spiritual young men do? Yes. We had to deal with all of that. But despite that, there was a submissiveness that was always there. And saying, God, we submit to our leadership. If they really want something, they will get whatever they want. And so when we started with that heart, God started to promote us and to use us wherever we went. And let me tell you something, every single time God has done that. Every time we've had to do something, God will give us direction, and then God will release us and promote us. So I want you to know that this is a biblical principle right through the word. Let's look at Psalm chapter 78, verse 70. It says, He also chose David his servant and took him from the sheepfolds. In other words, from a guy looking after sheep to becoming the king of the nation. Listen guys, just try and think about that. In today's society, what would the sheepfold represent? Come on, it's like a street sweeper. It wasn't exactly the highest job, highest paying job that you could find. There was a guy who was stuck by himself, all by himself, in the wilderness for literally days, you know, maybe weeks before he came back, and they would literally sleep out there just to feed the sheep. And I'm telling you right now, God saw David's heart and said, listen, I'm going to promote you. So in other words, he got promoted from nowhere. It wasn't in the sight of people. It wasn't in the sight of anybody else. It wasn't in the thing that he manipulated a a vote. And God said, listen, I see your heart. I'm going to promote you because of your spirit. I'm going to promote you because of your attitude of totally submitting to me. Do you know that David submitted to God all the time? Even when he made a mistake and he had to repent, the first thing he does is turn to God and say, Holy, don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Please God. That relationship, that intimacy, I submit to you, I'll do whatever. And I want you to understand that if we have that heart in the church, no matter how big you get, don't ever lose that heart. When you have that heart, it is what God uses to promote you. God says that He will take you out. So don't sit down and think, I have made it, I'm going to stay here. God will destroy things around you if you are going to sit down and stay stubborn or whatever. If you break that heart, attitude with God, it's going to go wrong. In Luke chapter 1 verse 52, he says the same. He says, he brought down rulers from their thrones and he exalted those who were humble. God says, I'll take the rulers out. Remember the king of the kings of the nations are in God's hands. He will do whatever He wants. And God says that those that are genuinely humble with Him, that have that attitude, God is going to promote. So here comes the, the story now. How many of you have got prophetic words over your life to do something? Come on. Right. Now comes the question. When is God going to do that in your life? When is that thing going to be fulfilled? Especially if it's a big thing. Do you know when? When you grow up. When you grow up, God can give you the authority and the ability to be able to handle that thing that He promised you. Let me give you an example. Let's say God promises you, if you're a businessman, that you're going to be handling millions. He's not going to give it to you if you're going to go blow it on the lotto. Come on, let's be honest. God's not going to give you millions if you're going to supernaturally give you millions because it will destroy your family. You're going to go, oh no, I'm so greedy with money now that I'm not going to spend time with my family. 
and just run after money, run after money that you're not going to do it. God's not going to do it. God's going to do it when you've grown up spiritually that you're mature enough to be able to hear God's voice and do what He told you. Does it make sense? Does that prophetic word over your life change? No. What stops that prophetic word from happening in your life? You. You stop that thing from happening in your life. So you have got to sit down and say, God, I genuinely submit to authority. I genuinely submit to leadership. And no matter what happens, I'm trusting you that you speak to them. That you will get them to lead me in the right direction, bring me in the right timing, into the right place, because you have said this in place. You have set this in place for a reason and for a purpose. Let's take a story quick before I really get into a a practical thing with you. Joseph had a prophetic word. Remember Joseph's dream at the beginning? How old was Joseph do you think he was when he had that dream? Huh? 17 years old. Right? What age was Joseph when it came to pass? Joseph. 33. Alright, we'll check the facts. Okay, I don't exactly know the dates. What I'm saying is this. He's, he's, it must be at least 34, he's in prison for 17 years. Are you sure? Anyway, let's just give an example. Joseph's dream was as a young person. Okay? But what happened with Joseph? Check at Joseph's life. One of the things that was always on Joseph's life is he submitted to authority. Joseph always submitted to authority and God promoted him. Even though he had a dream that this thing is not happening. How many of you know that it looked like when he got sold into slavery that that was the end of that prophetic word over his life? Come on. Listen, practically. The guy just got shipped off to another country. Come on, it wasn't exactly like Okay, I'm just going to just put you in a corner or dismiss you or not use you or something. The oak physically got chucked out of the country. Now if you were being shipped off there going, God, what about that word that I got? God, you said so. Look how far I'm going away from my word. But what did Joseph do? He said, God, I'm going to stay humble. I'm going to stay submissive to authority. He ends up in Potiphar's house. He stays under authority. What happens? God promotes him. He ends up in jail after falsely being accused. And what does he do in jail? Stays under authority. Ends up the head of the jail. So then what does God do? He says, okay, now's the time. I put you into the fullness of what I called for you. I want you to know that this is a biblical principle. That authority that you are under is there to help you grow up spiritually. Okay? Now we are not talking about your physical age. It's how long you've been saved, how long you've allowed God to grow in your life and to develop in your life. I know people who have been saved for 40 years and still act like babies. Then I know guys who have been saved for 6 months and they're already growing as fast as they can because they're applying the biblical principles. Now I want you to know that if we do this, God is going to get you to the place that you can fulfill everything that God has promised you. Everything. But then you're going to be standing strong at 40 years old, 50 years old. I'm talking about serving God now, serving God for 50 years, serving God for 100 years, whatever, you know. And I can stand strong at the end. Like Janine said, what? finish strong. Live long, finish strong. When it, what does that mean? Not just health-wise, spiritually-wise too. It's like Kenneth Hagin. I mean, that guy just gave and gave and gave right to the end. 
Then he goes, okay, I'm tired now. Climbs out of church, sits on the steps and just goes to heaven. No sickness, nothing wrong with him. Says, time up. And he knew he was going soon because they wanted him to do some meetings in another town. He goes, no, I feel heaven calling me. He says, I'd walk out in my backyard and I'd physically be walking in my yard and I can actually sense me walking into heaven. So you'd have this in and out of body experience happening. He goes, sorry, I'm not traveling anymore. It's time to go home. Goes to church that Sunday, on the stairs, sits down, goes to heaven. Not sick, not issued, nothing. Finished strong, did what God told him. Said, I'm out of here. Cool, eh? Now, I want to give you an example of this type of relationship. Let's look at Paul's life. Paul, let's just read this, the... Galatians chapter 1 verse 15, and you can keep your finger there, we're going to come back there now, but I just want to read this first verse. It says, but when it pleased God, this is Paul speaking, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace. Did you see that God called Paul from his mother's womb? Right? A lot of us think that God only called Paul when he had that experience. Remember when he was still Saul and he was killing all the Christians and everything? And then God got a hold of him and said, Jesus appeared to him and said, Look, hey, why are you persecuting me? Then we think that that's where God called him. No, God called Paul from his mother's womb already. Now look how God started to work with Paul. In Acts chapter 22 verse 3 it says this, I'm indeed a Jew born in Tarsus and brought up in the city at the feet of Gamaliel. Gamaliel, I'll get it right. Taught according to the strictness of my father's laws, law, and was zealous towards God, as you all are today. What does that mean? It means that he stayed under authority even as a young man, and he stayed under this teacher, and he got trained properly in the ways of the Lord. Okay, in the Old Testament. Whatever he had to do. So from a young person, he had the submissive attitude. He says, God, I'm going to submit. I'm going to submit. I'm going to submit. As a young person, he stayed there for years and been trained. So look what happens. A very interesting thing happens to Paul. He has this conversion because now he realizes, hang on a second, I'm doing everything. When he was killing Christians, he really thought he was doing the right thing. Okay? From what he could understand, from what he'd been taught and trained in, he really thought he was doing the right thing. The minute he had an experience with Jesus, he changed. But look what happened. This is the part I really appreciate. Paul did not get out there and say, okay, I've had this conversion, I'm going to go preach the gospel now. Look what he does, verse 16. Uh, sorry, Galatians chapter 1, they started 15. Let's just carry on from there. Well, when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and has called me through his grace, to reveal his son to me, remember that's when he had an experience, that I might preach him amongst the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood. In other words, I did not go straight to people. I did not go and start preaching the gospel in Hanwald. How many people would have done that? Listen, I've been doing this thing, I've been under this ministry for so long, and now I've been given my call. Come on, who would have done that? Most of us. Okay? He says, I did not do that. Nor did I go up to Jerusalem. Now remember that Jerusalem was where the the real apostles were. James was there. He could have helped him. These are the guys who could have done it. It says, 
uh, Jerusalem to those who, who were apostles before me. But I went to Arabia. For three years he went to Arabia. And then came back to Damascus. What did he go and do in Arabia? He went to go and equip himself. He said, God, I'm going to be taught in the school of the Spirit. You are going to now teach me. I've had a lot of input. I've had a lot of training. But I don't have this flow that I'm meant to have. And let me tell you something. God started to work with Paul. In verse 18 it says, And after three years I went up to Jerusalem to go see Peter. After three years he went back and he said, Okay, now I'm submitting under Peter. Under the council of Jerusalem. See, when we read about Paul, everybody just thinks Paul was the shotgun and just went off. He didn't. That oak submitted all the time. He goes to to Jerusalem. He goes to see Peter. James was in control of the church in Jerusalem. That's why you'll see Paul says, I need to go back to Jerusalem to report. You read Peter, Peter goes out, he goes back to Jerusalem to report. That council was the covering that released these guys into ministry. And God spoke to them, and you'll read the stories where God says, God will come to them and says, it was good with the Holy Spirit and with us that we should release these guys. And they'll release them into the ministry and they'll go do things. Now, that was Paul's story. Paul's whole story was one of submissive. And God raised him up that he started doing some of the most mighty exploits. And even when he was powerful, he still stayed submissive to grow further. I want to tell you right now, if we understand this, God is going to raise us up. What is he doing? He was keeping rank. Paul kept rank wherever he went. He understood it. And Paul kept rank, and he says, okay, I'm living on this, I'm going to do this. I want to tell you, if you break that rank, you are going to territory that you are not able to handle. And that demonic spirit will take you out. Because he gets the right to do it, because you don't have the authority to be there. Now I want you to see something that's very exciting. How many of you know the story of Paul and Timothy? We all know the story. Okay, Philippians 2 verse 20, it says this. He says, now Paul is busy speaking to the church in Philippi. And he says, listen, I have no man like-minded, okay, who will naturally care for your state. I want to just show you what happens with, everybody knows the story of Paul and what Paul did. Let me tell you the story of Timothy, what his story was. Timothy's story was the following. I'm not going to give you all scripture now. He submitted to Paul. He got born again. He says, listen, I'm going to see you as my spiritual father. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to do whatever you tell me to do. He spent many hours with Paul. He did whatever Paul said. In fact, Paul sent Timothy to the Corinthians. Remember that church that was causing so much nonsense? They were the most worldly bunch and everything that could go wrong went wrong in Corinthians. So he sends uh, Timothy over there and he says listen Timothy go and sort them out in fact Paul was so excited about Timothy this close relationship that when he wrote to the Corinthians for the second letter he wrote them two he sent them a letter about correcting them and then he sent them another one go read the opening of Second Corinthians he actually mentions Timothy in the opening he says listen I've got the spiritual son who is growing up who is carrying part of my mantle who understands the authority level, just like I did. I was under Gabriel, 
And then I was sat down and got under the Holy Spirit. And now he's sitting down and saying, listen, I'm under the council of Jerusalem. And now I need Paul, uh, Paul saying, listen, I've got Timothy who's doing the same now. He's coming under this authority and he's going to grow up. And he's growing up. To the point where he says, listen, we are like-minded. If I send him, I know he's going to deal with you the same way I would have. And so, do you know what happens then? Paul goes, now you must understand, Paul's using him now in Philippi, in the Philippians. Then he uses him in Corinthians. Now now he's sending him all over the place. Because now you must remember that Paul's now stuck in Jerusalem, in, uh, in Rome. He's in prison, house arrest. So he can't get around, so he's sending him. And the third thing that happens is he sends him to Ephesus, to the Ephesian church. And you know what happened with Timothy? He became the main bishop of Ephesians, of Ephesus. He became the main senior anchor of that whole, the whole city. And he stood there right up until his death. What happened was, the city started with this idolatry thing, and they were busy with this whole lot of rubbish that was going on. And there was some procession going on, all idol worship. He got in there and he started to rebuke them, and they physically all turned on him and they stoned him and killed him. Do you know what happened? Very interesting. Apparently, in um, uh, Ephesians is in Greek, uh, Greece, eh? I think it's in Greece, Ephesus. They still today celebrate, I think it's the 22nd of January. They they celebrate the fact that he martyred for his faith, and he stood for what he believed. That the country still celebrated it as a national holiday. I want to tell you something. Timothy fulfilled what everything God told him was because he had submitted under Paul. And he says, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to obey. And God is going to raise me up to what I need to do. I want to tell you right now. If we understand our rank, God is going to promote us. God is going to bring you to the place that you have. And everything is going to be fulfilled in your life. You break rank. And all hell is going to break loose in your life. Now. Let me give you an example of somebody. How many of you know Todd Bentley? You must have heard about Todd Bentley and the revivals he was having. Alright? I believe that God was busy using him. There was stuff in there that was really godly. But one of the things he did was he stood up and he says, I am now going to address the demonic spirits of the entire nation. And he took on the spirit of America and he says, I'm going to sort this out. I address you. I take you on. I'm telling you what, he got taken out so hard it wasn't even funny. And you listen to him now when he gives his testimonies and you sit down and you say, the reason why I got taken out wasn't because of the sin in my life. It was because I broke rank and I took on something that I was not ready for. I want you to know that God wants us to grow up. So the local church is there to protect you. The local church, there is an authority with leadership to bring a covering so that you can grow up quickly. So here comes the challenge. Two things. One, is are you committed to a local church? Are you committed? You're never going to get anywhere if you're flitting from one to the other to the other to the other. Or if you go, okay, well, I'm just going to survive on TV. TV church is great. Okay, I'm on TV now. It's not going to help you. You can watch me as much as you want in my flaming sword. It's not going to get you anywhere. What do I mean by that? You still need to come under a 
the discipleship thing, a thing where there's an accountability, a responsibility, so that God can raise you up properly. Okay? So whatever church you're in, make sure that you're committed to a church and say, this is my leadership in which I'm submitting to. Because this trick that Satan is doing is saying, well, it doesn't matter, it's the global church. We'll just go to this one, ah, we get some food there, we go to the next one, have some food. You're never going to grow up because there's no relationship. There's no connection spiritually to sit down and fight for you. See, what happens is this, when the battle is on, who do you fight for? You f- Think about it. Who's the first person you're responsible to when, they, when something goes wrong? Naturally, if something goes wrong, who are the first people that I'm responsible for? My family. Agreed? They're after the extended families. My family is the first core. The guys, as, a, as leadership, the first people we are responsible for are those that are our spiritual kids. The first people. So when they are in battle, they get our first preference, our first time, our first energy, our first recall goes to them. Because God is expecting us to get an, give an account for them. Do you know that when I go to heaven one day, I have to give an account for every single person that has been part of our church? Did you know that? The Bible says so. And I'm just asking that the, that the sheepies just make it easy for us. <laughs> Don't give us grief. No, but I'm trying to help us because I want us to grow up. How many of you really want to grow up? Come on. I want to grow up. I want to see God's destiny fulfilled in every single person. So even the guys listening to me tonight, okay, if you are listening and you don't have a church, and there's no ways that you can find one, then get connected to a spiritual leader and say, make a commitment and say, this is now my church. Even though I can't get to the physical venue, get somewhere and make a commitment to be somewhere. So that there is a spiritual covering and accountability for you. I want to tell you right now that Satan has used this to take out ministries one after the next. I can't tell you how many. And I'm not just talking about full-time ministry. I'm talking about businessmen. I'm talking about families. Every assignment that I have seen always comes short because of this principle. I can tell you now, guys have got the biggest calling and they're still as babes after 10 or 15 years. I want to tell you, I have seen when God wakes up ministers and says, all of a sudden, I want you to go fetch Joe Soap who's in the kitchen, I want you to lay hands on him and anoint him and suddenly God just scatters a guy who nobody even saw, he was helping in the canteen somewhere. Why? Because that guy had the right heart with the right thing and don't think God didn't see him. Okay? I've seen prophets haul out people that nobody was taking any interest in and God exalted them literally overnight. Do not think that it's got to do with impressing the pastor or whatever. In fact, most pastors, if they really men of God, that doesn't impress them at all. They can, you can be all nice and that. The only time they move is when God speaks. And when God speaks, then it's just immediate. I want you to know that God is, even in our lives, there are certain things that God is busy showing us for different people's lives all the time. And nobody knows about it because it's not everybody's business. We will phone them directly and say, listen, we need to see you. God is saying this. This is the next step. 
We're backing this thing. This is where we act with you. And then you don't hear from us for like two years. Why? Because you've got to grow in that thing. Now we just carry on. Last instruction stands. You're on track, you're doing fine. But then when God speaks again, we go, here's the next thing. And what, before you realize it, you're actually going up in rank. Your authority is getting stronger and things start moving. Does this help you? If you want to grow quickly, stay submitted and say, God, I'm going to honor your word. And then you'll see at the end, we are not busy with a two-year thing here. I'm dealing with a 30, 40, 50-year thing. I need to help raise up a generation that is going to be standing. I want to see when you guys sit in your grandkids and you give them like some strict instruction because you go, I was raised like this, you will be raised like this spiritually. I'm going to get you to your destiny in Jesus' name. Many of you are going to be standing here in years to come, carrying responsibility and authority for this nation and continent. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. For the plan and the purpose that you've got for every person here. Lord, and every person listening to my voice. And Lord, I pray right now that these connections get established once and for all in Jesus' name. Lord, that men and women will know where they are submitted to. Lord, that there is an accountability to somebody spiritual in Jesus' name. Lord, that we know where we stand and we know what we have to do. God, we want to grow. We want to know what our rank is. We want to know what the authority of God is in our lives. And Lord, I pray that we will reach this destiny quickly because we are connected in the right places in Jesus' name. And Lord, right now, I thank you for the men and women that are submitted. Lord, the men and women that are connected to their pastors and to their leadership. Lord, I pray right now that they will stay submitted. And Lord, that you will raise them up in Jesus' name. Lord, that every prophetic word that has been given over everybody. Lord, that they will come to pass because we are people of authority. But yet we are under authority knowing what we have to do. Lord, I rely.